you've noticed, temperatures have starting to get colder. And guess what? Now it's the time to start thinking about snow. And Craig's Power Equipment is helping you prepare for it with the great deals on Toro and Honda snowblowers. Boss and Snow X plows and spreaders. Orex stand on and walk behind plows. And we now carry Balmalite mini skid steers. Already have snow equipment. Now's the time to get it in the Craig's for service. Box stores and the internet aren't always cheaper. And at Craig's Power Equipment, all purchases are service on site and ready to go. Craig's Power Equipment, Wasatch at Vermaho in Colorado Springs. Welcome to the Fresh Take Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Hart. This afternoon, I'm being joined by Colton Poole of Hero Sports. He covers everything. Group of five, college football. And Colton, I'm bringing you on today to talk about the Armed Forces Bowl, the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, which will take place on December 23rd between the Air Force Falcons and James Madison. And first, let's start with James Madison because uh, they got a lot going on heading into this bowl game. And most importantly, uh, who's going to be coaching the Dukes when they face off with the Air Force? Yeah, (laughs) you you hit the nail on the head. There's a lot going on with the program. Uh, You know, Kurt Signetti obviously going uh, over to Indiana and, uh, a big move within FBS college football. And, um, y- you know, it, it seems like everything is kind of up in the air. Um, you know, uh, Jordan McLeod also entering the transfer portal. Um, and, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how, how this pans out. Obviously, um, you know, they have their, their interim head coach, uh, Damian, I'm going to try to pronounce this as best I can, Roblowski. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he is going to be the interim head coach, and um, you know, there's still some coaches there to lead the program. And it's kind of an odd time because, you know, a lot of the conversation was whether JMU would be able to make a bowl game at all due to the NCAA transition rules. And, but, but they, they finally do get in and they, they get to face a, a pretty solid air force team. And so I, I think this is going to be a really fun game, no matter you know who is out there on the field, but um, yeah, a, a lot going on there with the program for sure. Yeah. What was the uh, change? Because I, the way I understood it, Signetti was going to coach the bowl game. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm I'm assuming that maybe some people over at Indiana wanted him to focus more on what was going on at Indiana, um, and you know, you know, I, I, I see that, you know, both ways. You know, I I see Signetti wanting to finish out the season, wanting to lead the Dukes in their very first bowl game, but also, you know, that he's got a new job now. So I I, I see it both ways there, but. Um, I, no matter who is going to be their, their head coach going into this bowl game, there's still a lot of talent on this roster. There's still a lot of good players that are going to be playing in this bowl game. And, um, and you know, this bowl means a lot to these guys, you mm. know, for everything we talked about them going into their first bowl game and, you know, wanting to put JMU on the 
Group of Five FBS map um, and really finished the season strong. They almost went the whole regular season undefeated. Obviously, didn't get to compete in the Sun Belt Championship game, but you know, be able to go 11 and one and then go into a bowl game and win that. I, I think that would go a long way for the trajectory of this program. Let's talk about the the season that James Madison had overall. They finished up the season ranked 24th in the college football playoff poll. Um, let our listeners know about uh, this Duke's football team. Yeah, so a, a lot of playmakers on both sides of the ball. Uh, we'll start with the offense. Uh, you know, Jordan McLeod, I mentioned him earlier, but he was the Sunbelt Player of the Year. Um, you know, brought a lot to the table. Wasn't the day one starter, but came in week two, I believe, or, or maybe even week one and, and just took over from there and uh, led a, a really potent JMU offense that, um, you know, was able to put up a lot of numbers. They had two 1,000-yard receivers um, and in Elijah Surratt and Reggie Brown. Uh, and then rushing um, – you know, they have a couple good running backs there as well, and McLeod is able to was able to you know get get some yards on on the ground as well. But and then and then up up front, they're on both sides of the ball. They're very strong. Um, they they have a, uh, all conference players, I believe, on both sides of the ball up front. And the the, the one notable one that's going to be missing is Jalen Green, who uh, certainly when he w- went down with an injury, he was leading the country in sacks and tackles for loss. Uh, you know, and it's, but it's funny, you, you, like, obviously JMU took a step back defensively, but they've still been playing at a really high level on that side of the ball as well defensively. So, um, you know, his, his absence has certainly been felt, but like I alluded to, there's, there's great players on, on both sides of the ball for this Dukes team. Um, and whether or not McLeod finished out, finishes out the season, I'm not clear on that, but he there's there's talent on 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 offense and defense for this JMU team. All right, now let's go to the other side of the field and look at the Air Force Falcons. Air Force started off red hot, eight and zero, the best start since nineteen eighty five. What happened down the stretch with Troy Calhoun and the Falcons, Colton? Yeah, I you know I figured at one point the team would maybe take a step back in some capacity. Uh, but I didn't really expect them to to finish the season the way they did. You know, losing to Army twenty three to three, losing losing to 20, Hawaii twenty seven to thirteen, UNLV that's a tough game. Boise State that's a that's a good team, but you know to start the season out eight and zero, and then eight and then finish eight and four, um, you know which I believe was even under their projected win total going into the season. Um, yeah, certainly a season of highs and lows. Uh, but, you know, as, as I kind of talked about with GMU, they have an opportunity to, to finish this season on a high note, even though they were in contention to make a Mountain West championship game. They, they obviously didn't get a, get a chance to do that, um, you know, losing in the final week of the regular season. But, you know, I, 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 they certainly still have an opportunity here to um, finish back on a high note. Air Force making their, another appearance, I believe their sixth appearance in, in the last 12 years in the Armed Forces Bowl. I saw a sign 
Colton, when when uh, the NFL on Fox pregame show during Veterans Day weekend came here to Colorado Springs to do their show, there was a fan that said uh, had a sign that said "Death Taxes and the Armed Forces Bowl," <laughs> and uh, and I just wonder how motivated will Air Force be to once again play in the Armed Forces Bowl. Yeah, I, you know, that that's a, a good question. But for this Air Force team, I mean, this this team is built on on discipline, right, and buy-in. And I, I don't foresee any reason for this team to, you know, not have any motive, not not go into this game with plenty of motivation. I, I think. You know, like like I said, I, I think you know losing four in a row there at the end that that should give you reason to you know have an edge and and to compete well against a, a very good JMU team. I think uh, among the to me anyway among the the non New Year Six bowls, this this will be a, a one of the most fun I think mm-hmm. just because of you know the storylines that we that we've talked about so far. So. I think there there deserves to be eyes on this game, and if there is, I think, and, and if people show up, I think there's this Air Force team should have a, a big desire to want to, to win this game. All right. So how do they match up with JMU? Obviously, JMU uh, athletically they're probably superior to to Air Force. Uh, the, you know what are we, what are we looking at? Yeah, I. You know, obviously the strength of Air Force is rushing offense, right? You know, that triple option offense. Um, But I think JMU is one of the top teams in the FBS in terms of rush defense. So I I think that's going to be a – certainly in in the Sun Belt, they were one of the top rushing defenses in the country. So uh, I think that's going to be something to watch out for is, if Air Force can get any momentum going on the ground, then I could certainly see see this going Air Force's way. But if JMU plays the hard-nosed, disciplined style of defense that they have all season, then I, I think it could be a, a long game for the Falcons. So uh, I, I think that's the thing to watch out for for me is that battle up front and who can get more push in, in the line of, at the line of scrimmage. Right now, uh, James Madison, they're a two-and-a-half-point favorite against Air Force with an over-under of a 41-and-a-half. Uh, Colton, some other group of five uh, games. Uh, well, we got to start off with this weekend's matchup. The Commanders and Chiefs trophy is on the line when Army meets Navy in Foxborough. Yeah, uh, and, I mean, how great is that 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 game gets that sort of spotlight, right, that there's no – other college football games going on mm-hmm. that it's just that matchup. And um, I, I, you know, I army kind of turned things around there. They started putting some wins together and, and, but at the same time, you know, Navy has been, uh, has played well here and there. So, you know, I, I could see that going two different ways as well. Is army going to keep that momentum alive going into a game like that? Or is Navy going to, play like the team that they're, like they're capable of playing. Um, yeah, I, I think that'll be really fun to watch too. Cause you know, for, for the reasons you mentioned as well, 
there's Army just needs there, to win. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I, I I'm excited to see that one for sure. Uh, Army, a two and a half point favorite in that one. That's Saturday afternoon, one o'clock Mountain. Once again in Foxborough. Uh, some of these other matchups. Talk about the New Orleans Bowl. The Raging Cajuns, a three-and-a-half-point dog against Jacksonville State, making their first-ever FBS uh, bowl appearance. Yeah, I think that's a, a great matchup talent-wise. Um, you know, it's Louisiana has been really inconsistent as well. Um, you know, their season has been up and down. Um, and, I, yeah, they lost three of their last four games, but they also have really good wins on their resume. You're looking at – you know, beating Texas State, uh, you know, beating a South Alabama team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I like what they did through, you know, kind of in the middle of the season, but then losing three of their last four, that was, that was, that was tough for them. But, you know, they pull off the win over U, uh, ULM 52 to 21 to, to reach that bowl game. And now they play Jacksonville State who, you know, going into the season, I certainly did not think that this, Jacksonville State team was going to be eight and four after the regular season, even if they are playing in a in Conference USA, which you know a lot of people would say is the the weaker of the FBS conferences. But you know they they won pretty decisively against some of those CUSA teams, so you know and, and competed well against other teams as well. I. I, I like what they did, you know, almost beating New Mexico state to end the regular season. 20 to 17 was the final on that one. Uh, yeah. It's been very impressive to see how Jacksonville state was able to, you know, adjust to that new level of competition and, mm-hmm. and reach eight and four. And, you know, I'm happy that a te- that a winning team, you know, we could talk all day about the NCAA rules regarding teams going from FCS to FBS and bowl eligibility, but, I think at the end of the day, a, a team that is eight and four deserves to be in a bowl game. And yeah, I, I think Jacksonville state is going to be, I, I, you, you mentioned that they were favored. I, I, I think that's about right. That Jacksonville state, um, the way that they played, I think, yeah, they've won three of their last five. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I think they have a good chance to win that one. Now this is a, uh, intriguing matchup. Troy, a seven-point favorite, favorite by a touchdown against Duke. Yeah, you know, obviously Duke losing their head coach, Kelko, um, and and Troy playing the, the way they have. Uh, been really impressed with the, the season they were able to put together, um, you know, winning the Sun Belt, um, and pretty decisively, too, over an App State team mm-hmm. that, you know, that I thought was – I think I actually picked App State to win that game. You know, they were playing so hot at the end of the regular season, and I, I thought that they would keep that momentum going into a game like that. But, no, Troy, Troy's defense, um, you know, one of the best units in the group of five. Um, and, yeah, they, Troy hasn't lost since they played JMU back in September. So – Yeah, like third yeah, game of the season. <laughs> Yeah, it is a little weird to look at, you know, Troy, uh, a G5 team being favored against a, a Power 5 team. But, you know, I, I don't think that's, uh, you know, 
that that crazy when you really dive into what each team has been going through the, the last few weeks. One more game. A team that uh, the last time I talked to you, we, we discussed uh, Bo- about Boise State. We kind of re- wrote them off at the time. But uh, as Geno yeah. Smith said, they didn't write back. And they found their way to winning the Mountain West Conference. And now they are a uh, three-point favorite against uh, UCLA in the L.A. Bowl. Yeah, and, you know, I think it's almost fair to say, you know, there there's plenty of reason for us to write off Boise State, right? Especially after they fired Andy Avalos. You know, you'd think that, they for for all of the the challenges that they went through losing the games that they did and you know remember that Colorado State game I think they were up 30 to 10 with five what, like minutes, five minutes to go yes yeah and to to lose that game uh you know that that is certainly not up to the standard that Boise State has set over the past couple decades so you know I kind of see the reasoning of why they let Avalos go, but, but that, man, then Boise state just turned things around beating Utah state 45 to 10 air force, a good air force team, 27 to 19. And then, you know, I thought it was going to be a pretty competitive game going against ULV, UNLV in the, in the mountain West title game, but nope. Uh, 44 to 20, the final on that one on uh, UNLV's you know, home Green field playing the way he did. What's that? Yeah, I said on UNLV's home field at that. No, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Taylor Green playing the way he has, you know, obviously he's entering the portal, uh, so we'll see there. But, um, yeah, it's been fun to watch Boise State bounce back and, and put this winning streak together. Mm-hmm. And I made a mistake. Uh, actually, UCLA, they're favored by three. Uh, but, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, UCLA's favored by three. But I kind of I like Boise in that game. Yep, I I agree. You know, I I wasn't that shocked when you said they were favored by three. To be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and one last question before I let you go: What are your thoughts about the CFP? Where do you fall uh, among the opinions of uh, the entire country? Oh, um, you know, I I am not jealous of the committee that had to make those decisions. I see it every single way amongst those top six. And, you know, even mm-hmm. Ohio state probably deserved a little bit of consideration there, but yeah, the, the thing that's tough for me to wrap my head around, no matter who was playing at quarterback for Florida state you, to go undefeated in a power five conference, I, I think you deserve to be in the, the playoff field. But then at the same time, is Florida State without with their quarterback situation? Are they better than Alabama or Texas? I I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the thing that I think about because you know obviously I'm covering Group of Five is it feels like there was a little bit of inconsistency with the CFP committee's decision making as it in regards to which G5 team made the a New Year's Six Bowl, uh-huh. you know, Florida State getting left out because despite the fact that they were getting that they were undefeated and, you know, you you look at their strength of schedule and you look at the talent they have on that team and you 
leave them out of the committee or the, the, the playoff rather. But then, you know, the, the G5 team that they go with is Liberty, is Liberty over SMU, and over SMU, which, you know, Liberty did win conference USA pretty decisively. And there's plenty of talent on that roster, but you know, to knock SMU for losing to two power five teams and Liberty not exactly having a, a challenging, uh, uh, you know, out of conference schedule. Uh, there, there seems to be a little discrepancy there. I'll, I'll tell you what though, I am very much looking forward to 12 teams being in the playoff next uh-huh. year. That's for sure. But how long will the group of five be allowed to uh, compete? Because they're already, they're already uh, finding ways yeah. to uh, kind of kick the group of five out of the 12 team playoff. I don't know if you've just seen the breaking news this yep. afternoon that the NCAA is now proposing a new subdivision where basically they're going to allow the SEC and the Big Ten to break off from the rest of college football and and basically pay their players. It's going to be literally the NFL. Yeah, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how that unfolds, but I, 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 I don't know anymore. <laughs> you know, it's it, it, the way things have gone the last, you know, decade or so you know did we ever think that we would be at, that we would end up in this exact scenario i don't think so um and so yeah we'll we'll see what that means for the rest of college football you know i i would certainly love to see uh you know if those conferences break off this is all very hypothetical but to see a you know, next a tournament amongst that next level of mm-hmm. conferences, um, and that's something that you know fans have floated out as a fun idea for years. I I think that would be great. I think that would be super fun. Um, and because I mean, the, the more and more you look at it, there the more and more there's discrepancies over, you know, the the those power conferences and the next conferences in FBS. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of fans and teams don't like being called group of five, but, you know, no matter which way you look at it, there's, there's huge discrepancies. Um, it's the haves you know, and the have nots. Yeah. It's the haves and, and the have nots. But that, that's also not to say that, you know, there's not fun football to be watched in the mm. mountain West. Right. Right. Like, I think that should those things should be celebrated and put on a a, a bigger stage rather than you know handpicking one team from a whole subset of college football to put in a, a big bowl game and then and then you know whatever happens with the rest like I I I I think a playoff team or a playoff with you know seeing SMU and Liberty playing each other um, you know that that would be a lot more fun to me than a committee deciding who's more talented. I think they should bring back one double A, one A, one double A. Maybe then your current FCS, just leave that as is, you know, maybe have your big, have your big dogs, have your big dogs in one A, in one A, then have your Mountain West, your Sun Belts in, in, in one double A. I do not hate that idea. You know, I, uh, and at this point, I think 
the decision makers have to be open to any and all ideas, right? Because, you know, these, the, the power conferences, those even big two, you could argue big 10 and sec. Uh, I, it seems like they're getting to make a lot of the decisions and then everyone else is kind of dealing with the ripple effects of that. So I don't know. I think, uh, you know, organizing a playoff of your own would kind of maybe put power back in your own hands, I guess. Yes. Yes. Colton Poole of Hero Sports. Colton, let our listeners know where they can find your work. Yeah. uh, On X slash Twitter uh, at Seapool Reporter uh, and Herosports.com. That's where you can find all of our stuff, obviously, uh, you know, covering bowl games, writing previews for those, and and then also covering coaching news. Uh, you know, Tulane's going through a coaching search right now. Yes. Um, a lot, and a few other teams are too. So uh, a, a lot still going on, even though the regular season's over. All right. Thank you so much, Colton. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, you bet. Thank you for the time.